0: Welcome everyone. We're so glad you're here with us today. Welcome Smart on campus, we love you guys. Glad you're connected there. Everyone that's connecting with us online, we're so happy that we have that connection available for you as well. Today, we are continuing a message series we've been doing called Stressed Out. So we uh, are looking at different things. They did surveys and there were the four top things that stress people out. The first week we talked about time stress and how managing our schedule and our time can keep us stressed out all the time. Last week we talked about relationship stress. Uh, I'm sure some of you have either gone through that recently or maybe going through that now where there's tension and stress in some relationship that you're dealing with right now. And uh, if you missed any of those, you can go back and catch them. They're archived on our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to go back and, and catch those. They all connect to each other in the series, so it'll help you understand all the others as well. Today we're going to be talking about financial stress. And based on the survey, on some surveys that came in number one, but it was always in the top three of things that people are stressed about. Finances. Uh, There was a teenager that was playing basketball out in his driveway and he lost a contact. And he looked for it for a few minutes. and He went in and told his mom, my contact fell out. I can't find it. She immediately ran out the door, got down on her hands and knees, got all over the driveway, found the contact lens, brought it back and gave it to her son. He said, that's amazing. How did you find it? She said, well, here's the thing. We were looking for some different things. You were looking for a small piece of plastic. I was looking for $150. (laughs) Right? You know, the stress, uh, as a teenager, you may not feel it so much, but when you're the one paying the bills, you feel it more. When you're the one that's gotta pay the extra, when the contact is lost, or when something breaks down, or, or something goes wrong, and you thought you had it covered, and then your budget shows that you don't, the stress can be great. And here lately, the stress has gotten bigger uh, and more common because of several factors. Of course, the pandemic had an effect on it. Uh, financial stress, many people lost jobs. Many people have changed jobs during this time of the pandemic, starting new jobs and feeling the pressure of going into a new position. Uh, many people were furloughed, but, but they weren't sure if we're gonna be called back or not, and they had that stress and that tension going on. Uh, and then, in addition to that, consumer prices, in the last report I saw, were up over 9%. And that's the highest rate of inflation in over 40 years that we're experiencing right now. Friends, that hits everybody. I mean, everything is costing more right now, everything. You say, well, gas prices came down a little bit. Yeah, don't be fooled, all right? Listen listen to how that works. It got up, you know, really, really high, and now it's come down some and we're feeling better, but it's still higher than it was before, right? So, So they just readjusted what you thought is good now. Now you think this price is good, but it's still higher than it was before. Everything, groceries, utilities, everything costs more right now. And if you're like most Americans, you're living with a very small margin in your budget, if there's any margin at all. So any increase at all adds to the stress of what you're dealing with. And and so we thought it would be good to spend one of our weeks in this series talking about financial stress. Now here's the thing, I'm going to talk about some principles here without getting into a lot of details, because in one message we can't cover a lot of the details, but stay tuned, in November we're going to have a whole series where we talk about more of the details of God's plan for us financially. Uh, So so we'll get to those more practical things, but today I wanted to address The principles that guide us in the area of finances. Because if we can operate with the right principles financially, it will relieve the stress factor in our lives. Now the scripture has more to say about money, the use of money and all of that, financial things and and, uh, material things. It has more to say about that than any other subject you can name. It has more to say about this than it does about heaven and hell put together. Because Jesus, God, the Father, they know that this is where we live. This is what we have to deal with. This is what's going to cause stress in our lives. So he gives us the information we need, the guidance and the direction we need for where we really live. Uh, he, he loves us enough to say, I want to help you with the real practical things you're dealing with in your lives. And so he deals with this a lot in scripture. And so we're going to look at some of those principles he gives us in his word for dealing with financial stress. So I want to start with the contributing factors. Why why we feel stressed when we feel stressed financially in our lives. So let's start there. We are stressed financially, first of all, when we become consumed with having more than what we have now. When we get consumed by wanting more, that always puts us in a Uh, outside of the margin we've been living in, and that's where the stress is. It's when you start saying, I need more, I want more. In fact, we convince ourselves, I've got to have more than what I have right now. Now, in this lesson today, I'm going to go to a parable that Jesus told that honestly, I don't know any other pastor that has used this parable to teach on financial stress. I'm not saying I'm unique. I'm just saying that it hit me This time when I was thinking about this series differently than this parable has ever hit me before. And I saw some principles in this parable that speak directly to the stress that we feel in finances. But it's a parable found in Luke 15, and in that chapter Jesus tells three parables about lost things. Right? There's the lost coin, and the lost sheep, and then there's the lost what? The lost son. Now the parable of the lost son is the one we are going to focus on. You think what does the parable of the lost son got to do with financial stress? Well it does relate. Okay the principles are there that I want us to get of why we feel stressed oftentimes financially. And the first principle is we feel stressed when we are consumed with having more. Let's pick up in this uh, parable Luke 15 beginning with verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, how does that relate to financial stress? Well, the young son, it wasn't time for him to receive the inheritance yet. He he wasn't supposed to be getting the inheritance yet. But he was at a place in his life where he was feeling like, I need to have more than what I have right now. And I need to have it now. And so he goes to the Father and says, you know, th- think about this. He's living at home. He's got work to do there. He's got all of his needs met. But what does he want? More than what he's got now. And almost everybody hearing this message today, if you were to be honest and someone were to ask you, do you want more than what you have right now? Most of us would say what? Yes. Yes. And most of us would say just a little though, right? We don't want to seem greedy. We don't want to seem, you know, so materialistic. So we would say just a little more than what I have right now and everything would be good. And so every day we're living with this idea that what I have now is not enough. If I had a little more, everything would be better. And that tension between those two is what stress is. That's where the stress is. So we're always working with this this feeling that we're lacking, that that it's not enough, that that somehow all the needs aren't met, that somehow all the provision is not there that we need for our lives. And, And when we're living like that, the attitude gets to this place of what I like to call stinking thinking, all right? Stinking thinking because when you're in that in-between, in that stress place, gratitude goes out the window. You're no longer really thankful for what you have when you're still thinking the whole time, this is not enough. I'm consumed with having more than what I have now. So we're always looking for that way to have more than what we have now. Now, the father in this story represents God, in the way Jesus is telling the story, and the father gives his son the inheritance ahead of time. The son's thinking, once I get that, it's all good. It's all good. Now, all of us probably have had times where we thought just a little more will fix things. We have ended up now with a little more, and did it fix everything? Not if that's your mindset, it has it. You just adjust your level, you adjust your spending, you adjust your commitments with the extra that you got and you put yourself right back where you were in that tension place of thinking, well, now I just need a little more now. Then everything would be okay if I just had a little more. We went out and bought something because we got more. We went out and and committed to something because we started getting a little more. We made our our commitments financially bigger than they were before. And now we don't have any margin again. And when you don't have any margin, you're thinking just a little more is going to fix this. Now, it's easy to understand when you're young that that would be your mindset. I think it's a little easier to understand that a young person would think that way. But, but, but the problem is, as we get older, if we don't learn this lesson, and we keep living that way, we'll always have a lack of gratitude, always have a lack of contentment, always have a lack of joy and peace and blessing in our lives. If we don't, if we don't get past this. So, so understand, uh, I think one way we learn to deal with stress is when we understand what, what stresses us out, And sometimes what's stressing us out is the way we're making decisions about our finances. We're thinking all the time, the fix is always just to get more. And we are consumed then by wanting to have more. Now, uh, we're not new to this. This has been true in every culture on the face of the earth for all time. We think we're so modern and so advanced. And it's true, we've got modern technology that previous generations never even dreamed of. But every time we get one advancement and we get that one and we are able to purchase it and and now we're probably making payments on that or put it on a credit card, right? Where you're making monthly payments with the interest on that. And you're still paying for it, but what do they come out with? Something newer, something better, something nicer than the one you've got. And what happens is now that thing we're still paying for is no longer bringing us the joy and the happiness that we thought it was going to bring us because there's a newer one out there and we probably know somebody that's got the new one now. And they've showed us their new one. They've driven the new car up into our driveway and said, look what I bought, or we're sitting at a table. They pull out their phone, and it's the newer version than the one you've got. I mean, it's happening over and over, and the ads are saying, oh, look, this is so much newer. It is so much better. This new chip is 10 times faster than the old one. You've got to have the new one, and we're not content anymore, even though we may not even have the other one very long and don't even have it paid for yet. And so we think we... Have to have the next one, the best one, the newest one. And that stresses us out because, friends, <laughs> there is no end to that. If that's your approach to always stay up with the latest, greatest, newest, best, you'll never, ever have any long periods of contentment in your life. There'll always be that place of stress for you. You're living with it all the time because you are now consumed with more all the time. Jesus told us a principle earlier on in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, he said to them, watch out. Remember when he says, watch out, what should you do? Right, watch out. Watch out, he says, be on your guard. Now he's talking about like a military guard set up, okay? Be on your guard against all kinds of, what's the word? Greed. Greed. Whoa. Watch out, he says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Why? He tells us why. Life does not consist in what? In the abundance of our possessions. That's not what life's all about. And you're going to mess up your life big time and be stressed out all the time if you start living like your life consists in the abundance of your possessions. Because if that's what life is all about, do you ever have everything? No. You don't. Because there's always newer things coming. Always. So you'll never be at ease. You'll never take the stress out. If you're living as if life consists in the abundance of your possessions. Because there's always more to get. Always more to have. Even Elon Musk doesn't have it all. Because there'll be newer, better. And he'll probably invent it. (laughs) So there's still going to be more, newer, better, all the time. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to advance in your career or your job, or even, you know, you shouldn't turn down a raise if you're offered a raise, if it's, you know, if you don't have to do anything you shouldn't be doing to have the raise. Those aren't evil things. It's just that you have to understand that's not what your life consists of. That's not the most important thing in life. There are things more important than that. And so if you want to deal with stress in a good way, you've got to learn to not be consumed by wanting more. The second principle is this. We are usually stressed when we not only want more, but we want everything now, like yesterday, like before the end of the day. Just look at the development of Amazon, and some of the other things where if you want something today, a lot of those things you can get today. In fact, if you play, and they'll tell you on the order sheet uh, online, if you order now, you can have it at this time. And sometimes it's the same day, right? Sometimes it's the very next day, but it's quick for most things. Now the supply chain has messed that up a little bit. We've got some supply chain problems, but for a lot of things still, even now, You can get them same day, and so we get to thinking that when we want something, we can get it now and we should have it now. Look back at this thing. He goes to the father. Remember, he asked for his inheritance before he's supposed to receive it. And then in verse 13, it says, "Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living." Not only did he want his inheritance now, but he couldn't wait to get out of there and go spend the money. Because he wanted all the stuff when? Now. Now. Now, I know I'm going to sound like an old codger here, but bear with me, okay? I'm still amazed at how many young people just starting out think they ought to have everything their parents worked 30 years to have right away to start their lives. They want a house on that level or better, a car on that level or better, a job on that level or better, an income on that level or better than they had that they worked that long for. Now, I know some of them are spoiled because they are handed all that stuff as they're growing up, but you see the generations ahead of you didn't have all that stuff to start with. Sue Ann and I, when we first got married, uh, we we actually bought a house. You think, wow, just starting out and bought a house right away. Yeah, we bought a house right away. This was back before the movement came along. You know the tiny house movement? Yeah, it's popular right now. It's the cool, trendy thing. It wasn't when we got married. But we bought a tiny house. I mean, it was under, well under, it was under 800 square feet, this house that we bought. Now the average house today is close to 1,800 square feet. We were under 800 square feet. So couples starting out buy a house 1,800 square feet. And look at the price of houses right now, but they still think, what do they gotta have? They gotta have that house. It's gotta be at this location, you gotta have some land, you gotta have all this stuff, right? To start out with. That's where the stress is, friends. You want to stress out your marriage fast just go into it deep in debt. That will stress out your marriage quicker than anything else you could do. Just start out that way deep in debt. So we think we've got to have everything now just like this young son I want to go live my life the way I want to live it spend my money the way I want to spend my money do whatever I want to do. So he went and spent all the money quickly. It takes a while usually to get the money, but can you spend it fast? Yeah, there'll be people that'll help you too. Yeah, there are plenty of people out there that will help you spend your money really fast. And he had lots of friends helping him when he had the money, helping him spend the money. But he wanted that life now. He wanted all the things money would buy now. He was willing to spend it all now. The problem is... In our culture today, they will let you get things now and set it up on easy monthly payments, right? Only when you add this payment to that payment to that payment to that payment, all of a sudden, none of them are easy anymore. And that's where the stress is. You thought you had to have it all now, and now you're having to pay for all of it. And it's not new anymore. I mean, I've been paying on this car. Some people, I've been paying on it three years, but I got a six-year note. It's already out of warranty. It's already breaking down. I'm already having to get tires and oil changes and all that stuff. And and I haven't even, I'm making, the average car payment now is over $400 a month. Because you've got to have it now. And not just any car, it's got to be the nice one that you always wanted. See what we're doing? We're putting ourselves in stressful places in stressful situations by our own choice, by our own decisions. We're putting ourselves in those stressful places because we think we have to have it now. There's no patience. There's no waiting and saving up and, and getting enough to, to actually buy it. No, you can, you can get it now. We'll help you get it now. And so we're not disciplined at all and waiting until we can really have the money and really afford to pay for it. And that's the stress. That's the financial stress that most people are feeling. And we like to say, well my boss is just not paying me enough or God's just not blessing me enough you know we blame it on everything else but we went out and committed financially to things we couldn't really afford and we were feeling the stress and in the stressful times we blame everybody else for the stress that we're feeling you go looking for a house oh friends they'll tell you you tell the the budget you got that's good you should but you don't like any of the houses you can afford. So you ask them to start showing you some other houses and you like those. So you start thinking, well, if we do this and do that and stretch a little bit, we can buy that house. And so you buy it and they work it out and they say, we're gonna help you out. We're gonna help you get this house and you get the house. And about six months into that house, the payment keeps coming regularly. I mean, like clockwork every month. What do they want? They want that next payment, don't they? But everything else, they want their money too that you bought that you couldn't wait on. Can you enjoy any house? I don't care how beautiful it is if it's a stress to make the payment every month. No, it takes the joy out of it completely if it's hard for you to make the payment on it. I don't care how beautiful the house is. You don't enjoy it when you're too stressed out over how much it's costing you. And then there's maintenance, utilities, insurance, all of that on top of it, right? It doesn't go away. Well, there's another principle from this story we can learn. We feel stressed financially when we engage in self destructive behavior. Self destructive behavior. Remember what he did? He went off to a distant country, squandered his wealth and wild living. In verse 14, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in, what's the word? Need. He very quickly went from having everything at his father's house to having what? Nothing in a foreign country. Now, it's a legitimate statement. He was at a place where he was truly in need but here's the question and this is a question we all need to ask ourselves how did he get to that place of being so much in need because he wanted it now he wanted the best and the latest he wanted to have it right away He didn't have any patience to actually work overtime and earn it and accomplish what he needed to accomplish. And he made his life all about having those things and that money and doing what he wanted to do. That's what put him in the place that he was in need. Now I'm not saying that makes being in need any better or any worse. If you're in need, you're in need. It's a hard place to be but we have to understand how we get to that place a lot of times. He made every single choice that put him in that position that he was in need. All of it was caused by his decisions. Every single part of it was caused by his decisions. But see, he was engaging in destructive behavior. Now, we could go on and on. We don't have all the details. It said wild living, you know, different translations translated different ways. He squandered his wealth in wild living. Uh, uh, he spent everything living a wild lifestyle. Uh, I, probably most of you listening to this today would say, I don't have a wild lifestyle, okay? That I'm not throwing money away on a wild lifestyle. But it depends on how you define that, right? How you describe that. It may not seem like a wild lifestyle, but when you're spending money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like, it's a wild lifestyle. It's a wild lifestyle. Wild in the sense that it will never bring you to the place of peace and contentment, ever. It's going to stress you out to live that way because life's not supposed to be about that. It doesn't consist in that. Remember the principle Jesus told us? Be careful, watch out for all kinds of greed. That's not what life's about. It's not what life consists of. But when you make it consist of that, you're stressed all the time. And it puts you in a place where you begin to be in in need. Now, whether it's in your mind that you're in need or in reality, you, you have that experience where you feel like you are in need. You don't have what you really need to have. Now sometimes that's just in your mind. You've got everything you need, you just don't realize it. But sometimes it's the reality because you've overspent, you've lost it all, you don't have any more money, and you can't even get groceries. You can't even get gas in your car to get to work. You know, whatever it is, you're at that place. They're coming to get your car tomorrow because you haven't made the payment. Whatever it is, you're in need. And I don't know where you are right now in your finances. I don't have to know. I don't even look at that for anybody in the church unless you ask me to and want me to help you in some way. But here's the deal. We've all made mistakes. We've all made bad financial decisions. We all know the reality of what it's like to spend more than you ought to spend and not have what you need for the next day. I think probably all of us have experienced some of that. And it's not a good place to be. It's not where God wants you to be. It's not where He designed you to be. He didn't design you to live in that stress like that. That's why He gives us all the teachings in Scripture about finances, so that we won't make decisions that put us in that place of being under that stress all the time. Paul warned about it to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, verse 9. He was teaching him what to tell people about finances and money. He says... In verse 9, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap uh, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. You start spending money and doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Now, I'm not saying this is true for anybody hearing this message, but it might be. When you think you've got to have what you want right now and you're trying to use money to make yourself happy, you start doing stuff a lot of times that you shouldn't be doing. Sometimes it's lying or cheating in business or taxes or whatever just so you could have a little more money or, or, or cheating somebody else out of something so you can have what you want. Sometimes it's gambling or drugs or alcohol or something like that trying to medicate your stress that you're feeling and you're spending money on stuff you should never be spending money on. Right? Whatever it is. You're trying to fix it. It's a money problem and you're trying to fix it with money. The stress is from the money and the bad decisions with the money and you're making more bad decisions that won't ever take the stress away. Financially. Ever. You've probably heard this before, but... uh, It's a good principle. If you find yourself in a hole, stop digging, right? Stop digging. You have to stop that way of living if you want to get rid of the stress and get out of the hole. But there's a fourth area that the young man finds himself in. We find ourselves stressed financially when we're unprepared for storms, right? He was in that foreign country, and what happened there? A famine hit the country. Remember that in the story? He was already broke, and what hits? A famine. Now, when you're broke and a famine hits, and your friends were just there because you had money, and you don't have money anymore, where do you go for help? There's nowhere to go. It's like when you can't make the payment and you go get the title loan, but then you can't pay back the title loan and you ask them for some help. A lot of times they're not going to help you. They're going to come get your car That's what they're going to do because they're in business to make money. They were taking advantage of you and your stressful situation. And you think you're going to keep going back for help over and over again and it's going to run out. You're just digging deeper into the hole. And when you get deep into the hole and storms come and they always do what did this guy do verse 15 he went out and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in his field to do what feed pigs wow in this story Jesus is a Jewish rabbi teaching a Jewish audience and they're picturing a Jewish boy in the story and this Jewish boy runs off to a foreign country it's not it's not the, the country of his people. It's another country that doesn't worship his God. And in that country, the only thing he can do in desperation, he's all stressed out. He can't survive. The only job he can get is doing what? Feeding pigs, which as a Jewish boy is totally against all of his religious dietary laws uh, of what he should be doing. Why are they feeding the pigs? To fatten them up to do what? To be slaughtered so that they can do what? Eat bacon, Right pork chops and all that. But Jewish dietary law said you don't eat what? Pork. So here he is because of the stress and the pressure he takes a job he shouldn't take doing something totally against what he believes in and practiced before this that honors. He's no longer honoring God even with his job now. You see that's what financial stress will do to you. It will cause you to do things just to try to keep going that are not pleasing to God. But you're doing it because of the stress. You're making bad decision after bad decision because of the stress. And friends, storms always come. That's the one thing you need to know about storms. Might be not happening right now, but what's, what's gonna be coming? Another storm, the, the, the hot water heater is gonna go out, the car's gonna break down, right? There's, there, there's gonna be things that are gonna happen. There's gonna be layoffs at work. There's, there, stuff's gonna happen. And when you are already behind and stuff happens, then it magnifies distress that much more. Now, God doesn't teach us to operate that way financially. He gives us some different principles to operate with. So I want to spend the rest of the time here talking about how we can find peace. What are the principles for financial peace? And then in that next series in November, we'll talk about more of the step-by-step practical things. But right now, let's look at the principles, okay? How do we find peace financially? The first step is what this young man finally had to do. We find peace when we come to our senses. Look at verse 17 of this story. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here, here I am starving to death. It's like all of a sudden, ding, 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 boom, 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 big lights flashing, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Guess what, man? IT'S TIME YOU realize SOMETHING. DOING IT THE WAY YOUR FATHER WAS DOING IT IS THE BEST WAY. THE, the WAY YOUR FATHER WAS TEACHING YOU, THE way YOUR FATHER RAISED YOU, THE GUIDANCE THAT YOUR FATHER GAVE YOU, THAT WOULD HAVE BEEN A BETTER WAY TO LIVE YOUR LIFE. HE CAME TO HIS SENSES. INSTEAD OF LIVING LIKE LIFE CONSISTS IN THE ABUNDANCE OF YOUR POSSESSIONS, HE STARTED THINKING, MAYBE IT DOESN'T. MAYBE THAT'S NOT WHAT LIFE IS ALL ABOUT. MAYBE THAT'S WHAT GOT ME IN TROUBLE. Yeah, it's time for us to wake up and realize that. It's time for us as Christians to understand that what we thought was a good way to do it the way the world was doing it's not the place of a lack of financial stress in your life. But doing it the way God does teach us in his word That's the way you do life without the pressures of financial stress in your life. Doesn't mean he's gonna just give you everything you want. That's not what we're talking about. It means the way he teaches you to live life is the better way with finances like everything else. Now here's what amazes me all the time, and I'm just as guilty, everybody I think has this in their lives. We're willing to trust our Father God with our very salvation but we don't trust Him when it comes to finances. We don't trust Him to do it His way financially. We want Him to save our souls for eternity, but not tell us how to do things financially in our lives. Isn't that amazing? How hypocritical that is in our relationship with God. God, You do everything for me, but don't tell me how to live my life and spend my money. That's hypocritical. Maybe we should think, well, God, because I love you and I know you love me and you want to save me, that would mean you also want what's best for me financially. So maybe your teaching in Scripture on finances is really good for me too. Doesn't that make sense? That he loved you enough to give you his son, that he would also want you to be blessed in this area of your life too. So maybe his teachings have more value than we give them. So we find peace when we come to our senses and we realize the care of the Father. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to Him and He'll make your path straight. That's just not a, a nice comforting little scripture there. That's the truth about life. Stop thinking you know better than God. I need to stop thinking even in the area of finances that I know better than God does how to handle finances. God's smarter than us, even in the area of finances. So let's let him be the one teaching us. So the place of, of peace, the place that where we don't have stress, we find peace when we come to our senses, and then in our efforts to come back to our senses is when we go back to the Father like the Son did in this story. When we wake up and come back to our senses financially, we'll come back to the father like we need to and start listening to him again. Look at verse 18. He said, I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him, ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. And I know this story is also about the salvation, the repentance and the salvation of the son. I know that's what this story is primarily about, but listen to the principle here. When he came to his senses, he realized how much better it was to live under the care and the direction of his father. And so he decided to go back home as hard as it was. He had to humble himself. He had to admit that his father really knew better than he did. And he was willing to come under the authority of his father again. And for a lot of us that are stressed out financially, friends, it'll never get better until you come to your senses and take the step of coming back under the authority of the father. And start doing things, even financially, and all your financial decisions, under his authority and teaching, the way he says we should be doing it. And it's not the way the world tells you to do it. It's not. It's going to be radically different than the world's telling you to do it. But you've been doing it the way the world says, and is there stress there? Well, if you don't want the stress, maybe you should change, right? Come to your senses and start doing it the way the Father teaches. Which, first of all, means you stop digging the hole. And you start making the decisions under the guidance of the Father on how you're going to do your finances. Now that doesn't mean magically all of a sudden there's no more consequences to all the past bad decisions. I mean we have to deal in the real world with obligations that we made and commitments that we've made. You have to address those things. But now you're not making it worse. You're taking steps to make it better. And over time, the more consistently you follow the teachings of your father, the better it will get, and you'll start having the stress be relieved in your life. But you've got to be patient. You've got to be willing to go through a period of adjustment, readjustment, to how you're living your life. It doesn't mean he doesn't want you to have anything nice or anything new or anything good. It just means he wants you to do it in a responsible way that doesn't bring more stress into your life. And don't spend money you don't really have. God only wants what's best for you. He loves you, he loves me so much. He's wanting to protect us from the stress that we bring on ourselves when we do it the world's way instead of his way. So we have to come to our senses and we have to go back to the Father. Deuteronomy 5 verse 32. God's people are being given instructions on how to live life when they get into the land God had promised to give them. He says, be careful to do what the Lord your God commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. And that's the hard part. We're trying to stay on the path. Here's what God says to do financially. But over here on the right and over here on the left you got people saying, here buy this, buy that. We'll help you out. We'll give you a loan. We'll do this. We'll set it up on easy monthly payments. you got it on your right and your left. But He says you just stay on the path that God has for you. That's where you're not going to have the stress. It's when you get off to the right or to the left that you find the places of stress in your life. That's the general principle. Now, there are more details. There's more guidance there. God's Word gives a lot more details, but that's the principle. Stay on the path financially that God is calling you to stay on because that's where you find the peace that you're looking for. The final one is this. We find peace when we actually come back and start living like His child again. We start living like we're children of the Father. Look at verse 24. Remember He says the son of mine was dead. He's alive again. He's lost. He's found. They began to celebrate. But listen to this. The older son. uh, I don't want to live him out of the story. He's a big part of the story. Listen to the older son. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother's come, he replied, and your father's killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother, right, he should be celebrating. He became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours... He never even called him his brother, right? This son of yours, (laughs) this son of yours, who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home. Uh, We don't know. They didn't give us the detail about the prostitutes. That's what the older brother is saying he spent his money on. You killed a fatted calf for him. But listen to the father's answer. This is the key, all right? The father said, My son, you're always with me, everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. The principle I wanted you to catch was this part. Son, while you've been with me, everything I have has been yours the whole time. I've been taking care of you. I've got all the resources. I've got everything you need. And they're at your disposal as long as you're living like my son. Why would you be angry? About this it's like you feel like you've been missing out living here with me under my authority under my care but you've had everything that's mine the whole time you see we forget we're children of the king of kings and lord of lords who owns all the cattle on a thousand hills all the gold and silver is his there is nothing that exists that does not belong to him if you have a need in your life who has the resources for you, your father. But he's never, listen to me, lean in and hear me. He's never going to bless our foolishness and our sin and our greed. That's not the kind of father he is. But when you honor him and you allow him to be the authority, he will always keep his promises to take care of you. Always. Now taking care of you doesn't mean giving you everything you are hearing them try to sell you. It means making sure your real needs are met in your life. The things that really matter in life. The Father will care for His children. So Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31 to 33, don't worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. Listen to this, the pagans run after all these things. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. Start living like a child of the king. That's who you are. Stop running after what the world has to offer. It pales in comparison to what you have with the father. Chase after the things of the father, the things of the kingdom. He says, verse 33, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All those other things will be taken care of when you do that. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that... You give us the principles to take even financial stress away from our lives. We thank you for your grace and your mercy because we've all made bad decisions. We've all gotten outside of your will from time to time along the way financially and other ways. But we found your grace is always there. Your love has never changed. And you're there when we are willing and ready to come to our senses and come back to you and come back under your teaching and your authority and begin to put your kingdom first and realize that's really what life is all about, then we can trust you to be the loving father who takes care of his children. When we know that love and that care, the stress melts away. I pray that for someone here today who needs to take a step, someone hearing this message today who needs to, to come to their senses and realize they would be so much better off coming after you and your plan and your purpose for their lives, that today they would make that change, they would make that turn, they would take that step even now to come to you. And they will find you faithfully running to greet them and welcome them home. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.